What's up, gang? Brad here with a brand new podcast. I am super excited to bring you a podcast that kind of felt like home to me. Uh, traveling through Cape Breton, taking part in Nova Scotia Tourism Creator Coast, I had the opportunity of sitting down with Pauline Singer from Cape Breton Farmers Market. And I'll, I'll admit, I'd never met Pauline before. We had traded a few emails, I think maybe a few messages on Instagram. But the moment I met Pauline, it was like I was hanging out with a friend from years ago. And that, I think, comes through in the podcast. It's relaxed, it's fun, it's honest, it's it's edgy at times, but it's exactly what I wanted it to be. And I think, I think I don't know, I know Pauline did an awesome job. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. I want to thank Nova Scotia Tourism for allowing me to be a part of the Creator Coast project, part of me and allowing me to create what I've called coming home to hospitality. I really do appreciate it. So shout out to the whole team at Nova Scotia Tourism. I'm going to leave it there, guys. You know what to do. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast with myself and Pauline Singer from Cape Breton, Farmer's Market. We're off. Welcome to the Half a Dozen Hospitality Podcast and good morning, Pauline Singer. Good morning. Thanks for having me here, Brett. No, God, my absolute pleasure. I say this to all my guests. They probably get, uh, the listeners probably get a little bit bored of it, but I can't not say it. Um, I'm a big believer that time is the most valuable thing that we all have. So I want to say thank you so much for giving yours to me and the podcast and the listeners. I truly appreciate it. You're very welcome. We really appreciate you coming here and listening to our story too. So that's yeah. a big thing for us. Like I was saying, as I was setting up, I'm excited to learn more. And so often, uh, like it was just now when I was setting up, Pauline was just kind of off in the background doing some paperwork, kindly, patiently waiting for me to set up. And I'm so tempted just because of who I am is to like start a conversation. But then I, I always catch myself and I think, stop, 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 because I want to save this stuff for, this. for the podcast. And for me, what this podcast is... And what I think for a lot of our guests, and maybe you can uh, speak to this, is there's a bit of, not unease, but as a guest on this podcast, you don't really know what it is. We don't really know where you're, where you're going, but that's what I love about it. That's what I want for it to be. I want for it to be, you and I have never met, no. so I want it to be like a true discovery conversation okay. where I'm learning about you, uh, as personal as you want to get, but I also want to learn more about obviously what goes on on here at the Cape Breton Farmers Market, and I just find when we do that, when it's not scripted, right, or not like there isn't, I don't have this preconceived idea of what even goes on here. Mm-hmm. It allows for what I think to be like truly genuine conversation, which I know the listeners appreciate. I appreciate listening to that kind of media as well. So uh, it's not scripted. You have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> But neither do I. That's kind of the fun thing. So stick along for the ride, guys. Um, so for me, like I said, I don't know you from Eve. You don't know me from Adam. We've traded a few emails. Um, that's as about as far as it's gone so far. So help me and the listeners better understand uh, these few things. Who you are. We kind of covered that. But mm-hmm. who you are, uh, what you do, and, and why you do what you do. Okay. Uh, my name is Pauline Singer, and I'm the manager of the Cape Breton Farmers Market, mm-hmm. which is where we are today. So my background, I kind of fell into this, actually. Um, I moved to Cape Breton in 2001, 
I'm not from here. Okay. So I'm from Halifax. So I went the other way across the causeway. <laughs> right. And I got that comment a lot of times. You're moving where? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I moved up here. My husband's from here. Okay. Um, but I didn't know anybody. Yeah. So I had to come into this community. And at that time, that was almost, well, almost 20 years ago. So it was yeah. a lot different than it is today even. Very different. So I was kind of forced to get out of my comfort zone and go and meet people and do things that I might not have done if I was still living in Halifax around family and friends and people that have known you since you were a kid. So I, when I moved up here, I was in the insurance business. I was actually a claims adjuster. Okay. So I did that from home for a while, and then I also did it, uh, I worked on the road, and then when I decided to have my kids, yeah. we, I stayed home, and we ended up buying a farm. Hmm. So, again, had no farming background. <laughs> I grew up in Spryfield, which is just so sunny. Oh, yeah, Halifax, yeah so. I know it, yeah. Um, not really a farm not, place. No, it used to be years and hundreds of years ago. Oh, for ago. sure, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. not now. So, um, bought the farm, and I decided, well, you know what? I want to stay home with my kids. I'm going to turn this into a business. So I did farming for a while, and that's how I got involved with the farmer's market. At that time, it was over on Celtic Drive. So I was there as a vendor okay. selling the products that I grew on my farm in Cox Heath. And I was there probably for about a year and a half, and our manager left. Um, she moved back out west, and we were just kind of left in limbo. So myself and another vendor decided to take on making sure the bills were paid and that you know, like the, the bookkeeping, the bookkeeping, the, yeah. the lights were still on, you know, the, the non glamorous stuff. Right. So we did that for a few years and then eventually this kind of turned into a job for me. So I kind of got a little further away from farming. I still have the farm and I still do some stuff, but not to the volume that I was before. So, mm. um, my kind of interest right now is community gardens, uh, yeah. working with kids. I go into the school, uh, different schools with our, uh, it's not a school board anymore, but our right. educational center. And we put in gardens in schools and encourage kids from primary, you know, right up to high school about how their food is grown, what's involved in That's it, so cool. that kind of stuff. And I also do um, part-time work down at Breton Ability. We didn't go back this year because of COVID, but I also work with residents down there. And I run the garden and greenhouse program. So it's we grow produce that's used on site in the kitchen at Breton Ability, which is a long-term facility for oh, okay. adults with mental um, disabilities. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So this is how I kind of got into this. Um, why, why I do this? Um, I think part of it is when I moved here, I saw opportunities that, um, we have a lot of great people on this Island mm -hmm. and sometimes you just almost need a facilitator to get that across. Like we, I have vendors here that I compare to anything that's in a gallery in Halifax. Oh, for sure. However, because we're on an island and we don't have the population base, mm -hmm. like something that would sell here for, you know, say $15, I mean, could easily get $25, $30 in Halifax without a blink of an eye. Right. So my goal is kind of, I know I'm kind of getting off topic. Not at all. But we are, we're almost like a small business incubator here now in our market. So mm -hmm. we've had several vendors that have left here and gone on to have brick and mortar businesses in our community yeah. and it's because of the start that they got here and it it wasn't because you know there was incubator money for them to start their business but this gave them a real true sense of what the market is here in cape mm -hmm. breton mm -hmm. and what they can achieve with that so that's one of the goals that we have here 
Um, I'm not sure if that answered your question. No, I have a tendency to go off topic too. No, <laughs> trust me, I'm the, I'll, I'll put a long tail on any kite that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. So no, that was great. You articulated it very well. I now have a better understanding of who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. Um, that's something that I find really interesting in my week that I've been here and the conversations that I've had and, and having been away for 15 years and having called Vancouver home, um, and for, it was home and mm-hmm. it still is a part of me and my, yeah. I, my kids were born there and I started my business there. So very much will always be a part of my life. Um, but I learned a lot when I was away and I, and I want to bring a lot of what I've learned back to back. those that are open to listening. Yes. And one thing that I'm challenged by is, is I feel like there is this story that we like perpetually tell ourselves here on the East coast. And while there has been a lot of changes and I want to hear more from you and what you think some of those changes have been in 15 years, especially here in Cape Breton while I've been away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there is this hesitation to truly represent how beautiful, how special, how valuable, how unique, whatever the word is you want to use, what either the terroir produces here or what the actual people produce here. Right. So when you say something like, something that sells here for $15 could sell for 25 in Halifax. I, I want to be like, I th- like I feel like what you're trying to be and help these businesses is be like, guys charge 25 and like plant that flag in the dirt because this is world-class. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like why do, why is it okay for the team at Cabot links and, and Cabot cliffs to charge what they charge per round of golf there? Exactly. Because they know what they're providing is world-class. And so much of what goes on in this part of the province, I'm learning now more so than ever, is world-class. Like the amount of times I've used the word stunning, Mm -hmm. the amount of times I use the word awesome, the amount of times I've used world-class is like we need to, we need to represent that. Like we need to have a bit of a mindset shift. We do. We have to value what we do up here. And that's the problem. It's kind of devalued. And someone once said to me, like I work three jobs. Right. They're all part-time. Right. But if you took what my counterpart does in different areas of the province, I mean, we're so far behind, <laughs> like as far as the value that's put on what's right. being done here. But, and, and someone said to me, you know, that's the cost of living in Cape Breton. And I thought, why do we have to work so much harder? Yeah, no. And to get are worth valued or what we do valued. Like I said, you look around the store. I mean, this is top quality stuff. Yeah. And these are just people in our community. Like yeah. these aren't, I mean, we have a few artisans that are trained artisans, but most of this is just like self-learned, self-learned, self-taught. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, cause I get tourists in here and they're like, really, that's all it is. And I'm like, yeah. And, and sometimes there's, because we're kind of isolated. Now you compare with Cabot Links. A lot of their people are flying in. Like, right. So our bread and butter right now is our local. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For, for everyone right now. With for them. everyone. It's yeah. local. Yeah. yeah. And this is our first year actually in a downtown location. So before where we were located on Celtic Drive is kind of an industrial park. So it wouldn't be something that a tourist would strum, stumble across. Right. We were, you know, kind of hidden. So now this kind of changed the game for us. So now we can showcase all this stuff and say, yeah, this look, this is what, mm-hmm. you know, people in our community doing. are doing yeah. that, you know, they're either making their own, uh, job yeah. by doing this. They're supplementing their pension. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we have other people here that this is like a starting point. It's like, yeah. a, you know, this is where they want to kind of test the market. Like they're planting the seeds. They're planting seeds. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've had a few vendors that some of them, like, I don't know if you've heard of Cape Breton yeah. and Neck of the Woods Restaurant. Yes, I heard, I've heard Neck of the Woods. Yeah, so they just opened. So this is a couple that moved here. They have, he has family ties in Gabarus. Which is what? Which is where? So Gabarus is probably like another 45 minutes from Sydney. Gabarus. Gabarus. It's check, beautiful. Check it on the map, people. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's it's a, a fishing village. I reached out to them actually about coming on the show. I haven't heard back, but hey guys, hit they me up. They are flat out. Yeah, but they're, oh, I'm sure, they'd yeah. be great to talk to. Yeah. So they have moved here from BC. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, came here to the market last summer, came and met me and said, listen, this is what our plan is. You know, we want to come in here and make bread just to kind of... Mm-hmm. keep our income level up yeah. and I said that's perfect I said this is where you're going to gain your cu- customer base sorry, sorry I'm paying the table um, so this is where you gain your customer base I said word of mouth is going to spread because in Gabarus this you know your locals are going to be your bread and butter yeah going out there so they came with us last summer he did a few like demos pop-ups. of his yeah. yeah pop-ups of his cooking which is phenomenal and they were one of the businesses that were kind of in the process of getting ready to open when COVID hit Oh, okay. So right. they managed. We managed to keep them selling through different means here that I'll get yeah. into later. But that was, you know, they're now opening a yeah. restaurant so in cool. rural Cape Breton during the COVID crisis where everything's been shut down. Yeah. And it's locals that are keeping them in business. So that just shows you the support that we have here for, for local yeah. as well. Yeah, but then then like to... to uh, to your point, is like we need to have people like you and maybe shows like this and and whatever other platform we can use. Say so like, guys, this is this is of massive value, it and is. we need to start. I'm a big believer of if you're not uncomfortable with your price, it's too low. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So when clients come to me to work with them on the restaurant or their hotel or the cafe, and I give them my, pr- I need to feel uncomfortable with that price because then I know I'm actually pushing myself and I know I'm going to step up yeah, and really exactly. perform. Whereas if I say that's oh, five hundred bucks a month, it's going to be devalued. Like they're not going to take me seriously. They're not going to take you seriously, and you're going to think, oh, "Just why am I doing this? Yeah, I'm just giving my yeah, services away." Exactly. So I, I'd be interested to continue this conversation with you, but I want to talk about other things as well. But I really love to see uh, and dive deeper into kind of the the mindset that is, uh, and maybe it's a story that I have. Maybe I'm completely off base here, but it, the mindset of of us as as a people here on the East Coast and can we shift it to representing the true value of what we're offering? Cause it is world-class. It is so untouched as well. Like it's just, it's I mean this, we have some of the most beautiful scenery, mm-hmm. beaches, artisans, artisans, creators, creators food um, yeah. establishments like rest. I mean, top notch food. Yeah. And I feel like we always kind of had, like you said, the mindset, it's like, somebody flashy comes to town and says, oh, we're going to do this for you. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, great. Let's right. do it. You know, and we give stuff away. Yeah. And that <laughs> starts from, yeah. you know, the top down. Like, I mean, why are we given, yeah. you know, these places that come from away and tell us how we should be doing things? Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, here, you have all this and we'll give you these tax breaks. When there's people right here in our community yeah. that know what our value is and can make that happen. Yeah. Like I'm taught, I'm so 
it's so discouraging because we have such an asset here. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we're just handing it away and they're walking away saying, oh my God, those people what are so yeah. dumb. They don't know what yeah. they've got down there. Yeah. You know, let's go down and see what else we can get. And going back to the whole, like the plethora of, of uh, talent here in Nova Scotia as a whole, but on the island too, uh, sitting down with Courtney Smith, who uh, owns or operates, sorry, uh, Victoria County Creates in Bedeck. She has 120 artists in just her store. Mm-hmm. In just that county. That's yeah. not even the province. No. In one county. In one county. That's just amazing to me. And it's like, it's, again, I'm going to use the world use the words world class. It's world class stuff. Like, we need to, I've never been more sure that we need to fly that Nova Scotia flag. Like, super, super proud. Exactly. Big time. Yeah. And start saying, like, listen, this is what we have here. And it's not just the creative industry. I mean, it's other industries that we have up oh, here God, that yeah. are, like, top notch. And we're, we've got to stop selling ourselves short and giving away like our resources as far as our young people that have to yeah. move away to just to survive. Yeah. Like I want to have like my 15 year old who, I mean, you know, God love him. I mean, he's not the brightest bulb in the world, <laughs> but you know, for him to come to me and say, you know, there's no future here. Yeah. We have a depressed economy. I'm like, who at 15, who, that planted, was, who planted that seed? Yeah. And I'm like, that wasn't even on my radar when I was 15. Now, but mind you, I grew up in Halifax, right. but this is a new generation and we have so much opportunity here and we need the people that can create, like you, for example, like technology. Mm-hmm. There's no reason with today's technology, oh we God. can't be doing so much more here on our, on Cape Breton and yeah. on mainland Nova yeah. Scotia. Like we've got to stop apologizing apologizing for who we are where we live and start saying you know what i mean you go anywhere in the world and the first thing when people say you're from atlanta canada or no oh you guys are so friendly yeah which i love which is exactly but can we can we say hey we also have this to sell and it's 10 times what you thought it was exactly like why are we still the the poor cousins in oh and i actually i actually i will not even partake in that conversation i had a buddy of mine when i told him i was moving back he lives in new brunswick i won't say his name uh but you know who you are (laughs) um he said he mentioned like he said ha 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 the have not province yes I was just like, man, just like, let's stop with that. Exactly. Like, we're just, we're perpetuating, we're perpetuating that story ourselves. It's like, okay, pause. No more of that. Yep. We are the have province and we've got an absolute poop ton, crap ton, the S word ton of stuff to offer. And it is awesome. It is. We could do a whole podcast on like shifting the mindset in Nova Scotia. Exactly. But you're right. We always sell ourselves short and we're just like, oh, well, you know, but don't worry about it. Just take it. It's okay. It's okay. Just take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't. It's all right. It's all right. And you know, you're giving yourselves away. And like I tell my vendors here, I'm like, you're, you're giving your product away. Mm -hmm. Like you take, you're not accounting for your time. And everyone says, well, you never get your time. I'm just like, yeah, but you have to account for your time. Yeah. Like your time is valuable. Mm -hmm. Who else is going to work for free like we have to stop that you know just being thankful for every little crumb that we have i want i want the full piece of meat yeah and the bone and another example of this when we were doing this renovation up here like i had people come in and these were people like in government right and they were like oh are you guys uh copying the halifax market i'm like no this is our market right this is what we have to offer like Mm -hmm. why do we have to 
we shouldn't be competing with each other. We should oh, be God, no. working together yeah. in collaboration. Yeah. And like I always say, if we don't all start rowing in the same direction, we're just going to continue to go in circles. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer. I always say, probably too much on this podcast as well, uh, the Danny Meyer quote, uh, arising, it's probably not even his quote, but it's in his book, uh, arising sea lifts all ships. Yes. Arising tide lifts all ships. Exactly. Something like that. So I'm, yeah, I'm, and I always preach that, especially to my clients and especially on this podcast is it's so natural for us especially in the hospitality industry to put up walls and have these silos that exist, mm-hmm. but it's not helping anybody. It's not. Let's knock those silos down through podcasts, through communication, through farmers markets, exactly. through events. Let's be like, Hey guys, this is what I do. Can we work together? Can we collaborate? And that's something as well that I, that I saw uh, su- succeed so well in Vancouver mm-hmm. is the collaboration model with things like restaurants, because uh, th- there's so many barriers to entry with uh, lease rates and stuff right. in that city. Yeah. So there would, be, there would be a cafe concept in the day and then a natural wine bistro concept at night, but two totally different businesses, mm-hmm. but they made it work. That to me is, is very progressive and where I want to see our industry going uh, from coast to coast to coast in our, in our country is like, how can we knock down those walls mm-hmm. and open these conversations up? Farmers, operators, producers, manufacturers, all these people, we need to get them in a room, whether it's once every two weeks or once a month or once a year, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and facilitate these conversations. So I'm really proud that you're doing what you're doing. And like you said, to use it, to use your term is like you're providing kind of an incubator for these people, which I think is so, so admirable. And like, shame on us if we don't do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, what you're saying, the collaboration. So we're a perfect example of this. So our food area has different chefs and food businesses. So one of the things that they did when we shut down, so we had to shut down in March, uh, first part, probably middle of March, just before March break, they shut us down. And of course our income stopped. We still have to pay our rent. So we're one of the few markets in the province too that has like commercial rent. So, you know, some of the other municipalities you know, have given buildings to their farmer's market, but we had to say, okay, we've got to keep the bills paid here. Or There's a landlord to pay. There's a landlord to pay. Right. He has bills to pay. So I reached out to our chefs and I was like, listen, we're going to have some fundraising meals, you know, and everybody just said, what can we do to help? Mm-hmm. You know, they came in and they cooked meals. We had, uh, we were calling them Monday market meals. So that was helping us pay our rent. Um, another vendor ran a marathon and raised money. He helped us pay our rent, you know, and these were all people that were hurting in their own way, but mm-hmm. they knew that if this failed, yeah, it would really hurt our community. Yeah. So everybody kind of pulled together, but I mean, there's chefs from competing businesses. So we had, you know, the folks from the mermaid and Selkies. Yeah. I had, you know, Nathan and Bryden from the gaslight. They come here and it's Nate soul food, Korean. So he jumped in, um, you know, uh, is it Brian or Bryden? I, I was kind of Bryden. Okay, good. Yeah. B-R-Y-D-E-N, I, was call, yeah. I was calling him Bryden. Good. I was yeah, like, Bryden. oh my God, did you just say Brian? I feel yeah. like an idiot. And like James McDonald from, um, uh, they just opened up JJ's Plant Based Eats. It's yeah, the I went there. I went there yesterday. Yeah. I, went, I met with. Uh, we have a vegan restaurant. Jeremy. In Sydney. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's great. I had the vegan donair. Shout out JJ's. It was actually delicious. I mean. I, I'm a I'm a big Donair fan, and I had no idea that it wasn't. Yeah, and that collaboration yeah, was in part Doctor with Doctor Luke's and that, yeah. or, or or just JJ's. You mean? Well, no. See, JJ's started from two vegan chefs, so one of them worked for Selkies, who was a yeah. vendor here. Shout out Selkies. Yeah, and the other one had his own meat and potatoes. So they met here and decided, listen, 
instead of doing two separate ones, let's join forces yeah. and we'll open up our own actually See? brick and mortar restaurant. Look at Cape Breton. So, so progressive. Is, it is. It's progressive. And we do a lot of stuff here like that. Yeah. Like a lot of collaborations come out of this and it doesn't hurt. It helps. And that's what we have to get across to people. Like stop trying to take the legs out from your neighbor. Yeah. And that's something I, I preach as well. And it's very difficult because of the times that we're in and forget COVID just it's it's Beforehand. difficult it's difficult yeah. this industry is difficult and part of the reason why I think COVID's a good thing it's causing us all to hit pause and reassess our businesses I tell all my clients now like we the first thing we need to do is raise our prices that's just inevitable because yep. we've been operating on these razor thin margins and it's exactly. made us too vulnerable as an industry um, but I, I, I try to to help my clients and our industry see competition as a good thing not as a bad thing and if if i see a new coffee shop opening up down from a client's coffee shop i get excited right away because i don't look at it as a threat for my client i look at it as a great opportunity for us to have a measuring stick to go okay let's see what happens where are we at support yeah where are we at with our service do Mm -hmm. we need to improve our lighting does it need to be cleaner like what's going on and i always encourage them like extend an olive branch right away go over Mm -hmm. and offer them you know some of your baked goods and welcome them to welcome them to this to the town or the street or whatever it may be and i think in a city like this on an island like this in a province like ours it is so small that you probably know the person or you know the guy's brother or Or his sister or his mother his mother taught you in school or something so it's just it's very advantageous for us to again uh, rid uh, our industry and our community of these silos and just open up these platforms for collaborative communication and it's going to move everyone forward so much quicker yeah oh i agree i completely agree i think like you said, we have to we have to stop looking at every new thing as a threat. Yeah, look and at it as inspiration. It's inspiration, and like you said, so if my if if your sales are going down and another person brings the same product to the market, well, then you know what you have to bring your bring your game up. Bring your game up. So it just makes our products that much more yeah. marketable and you know better raises better. the game. It raises the game. I don't want because you can get stagnant and you can yeah. get. You I know, say that I say that all the time. It's like you're either creating in your life and your business and your relationships, mm-hmm. or you're coasting. And it's like yep. coasting is going to cost you. Exactly. It's you can only catch coast for your... so long before yeah. people are like, hmm, you know what? The fish and chips sucks, dude. Yeah, that's your, terrible. Your toilet's always dirty, dude. Exactly. So. Like if I can get fresh food for the same price that I'm going to buy, yeah. I call it bucket food. Sure. It comes off the back of a truck. Yeah. Why are you not going to serve the, the fresh stuff? Yeah. And not only that, you're supporting producers in our own. So it's like a circle economy. So it's, it's just, it's staying right yeah. here, literally. And I, th- and I think it's our responsibility and... Uh, I'd love to get your take on this, but I think it's our responsibility, especially a business like this, especially a community like this. It is our responsibility. I'm kind of saying yours. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) It's our responsibility to educate not only our vendors, but are the public, the public. general public, because they don't understand. It's not their fault no. that our industry is so vulnerable. It's no. our fault. Yeah, exactly. It's our issue that we've been charging too little and saying, oh, this is just what it is. We make 3%. That's all we make. No, like that is, that again is, is a rhetoric that we've been perpetuating in ourselves mm-hmm. for the, this for however long. So it's on us to say, hey guys, welcome to the farmer's market. Just so you know what it took to create that kombucha exactly. is X. And if, if they do care, Great. If they don't, that's not your issue. But I guarantee you, if you take the time to educate, especially people that come to farmers markets, exactly. they're probably already invested 
not only to spend their dollars, but they also want to understand. Sand. Yeah. And I think, I think what a great opportunity for us to get a captive audience and educate them on this is what it takes to produce this cucumber. This is what it takes to produce whatever exactly. it might be. And, and you can't compare Walmart to a farmer's market. No, never. And this is what I have to get into. People are like, oh, the price is too high. I'm like, okay, well, will you think about it for a minute rationally. If they're shipping cucumbers from, say, California or Mexico, mm-hmm. and they can just sell it to you on the end of that retail chain for 99 cents, someone's not getting paid. Or if they are, they're getting paid pretty poorly. Exactly. So you, you go backwards and, and figure out how that cucumber got to the shelf at Walmart in mm-hmm. Cape Breton from Mexico. And you explain to me how that can now be sold as 99 cents with the travel, with the, the, you know, the labor to pick it, yeah. you know, the packaging, the packaging, like, just think about that for a second. So if you take that same dollar and add 25 cents to it and buy a cucumber that's here from a farmer, mm-hmm. yeah. guess where your money's staying? In your community. It's staying yeah. in your community. There's so much hidden cost with that stuff. And it is just an education. And some people do want to hear it and some people don't. And it, we, we can sit here till we're blue in the face yeah. and say why you should shop local. And I think it literally is just a matter of, and hey, I'm totally sensitive to the fact that some people don't don't have yeah, the ability exactly. to shop 100% at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. Um, and when I make the money I want to make in my life, I'm going to help all of you out as best I can. Um, but it's just it's one thing like mm-hmm. come buy your eggs here yeah come by come by a head of cauliflower here something just yeah. impact your local community yeah, but exactly. it all comes down to education there's so much hidden costs in the cheaper stuff but i get it like i'll go to costco and buy frozen blueberries because yeah. our daughter just absolutely destroys frozen blueberries yeah. it just makes more sense that way but but more often than not i'm looking at okay how can we keep the money in our community yeah. and i think that's what we all need to be doing as best we can. Something that uh, I would love to get your take on, and maybe this is even on your radar, maybe it's not, but I thought it was so smart and I was so proud to be a part of it. So through my consulting business, we also have a, a charitable kind of arm to my company where we host, when things are normal, we host um, these pop-up dinners with uh, different, every dinner is a different chef and a different food-based charity and a different farm. So the idea is we sell out this beautiful whether it's an outdoor venue or an indoor venue, sell this out. We charge a ridiculous amount mm-hmm. for a six-course dinner that's extremely high high level. Um, and then all that money goes back to a local, which was in Vancouver, a local food-based charity. So the charity had to be feeding the community in some way, shape, or form. And we partnered up at one point with the Vancouver Farmer's Market because they had a program. It was called the Vancouver Farmer's Market. I just want to say coupon program. But what they, do you know about this? It's funny because we have a similar project that's based on that, that model. That model. Yeah. It just it was it was a pilot project last year, so it's funding um, for communities with um, food insecurity. Basically, uh, is what yeah, it is. Underprivileged. Underprivileged homes yeah. and yeah. So that was started last year, and it's based on that exact model. Um, you got yeah. the 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 association in British Columbia is very progressive. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to like help you guys. And cause I, I, I actually had a podcast with them. So you can listen to the podcast. I met okay. with the whole board. They Perfect. came on the podcast. I'm happy to send that to you. Cause they really go in depth on, on what it is and why it exists and who the demographic is, who they find their end users are and who right. really needs help. But I was just so proud to be able to, uh, donate and well, it wasn't my money. It was the people that came to the event and we just went through us to them. But it was so cool to see how that impacted the local community. So the idea, guys, 
um, is essentially the local city or town would identify uh, those who might be in need. Mm-hmm. And then if you fall within a certain criteria, uh, you could then apply for these, um, literally these tokens. And these tokens would allow for you to go and buy fresh peach, fresh organic peaches or fresh field greens or whatever mm-hmm. it may be that, that likely weren't that accessible to you if you didn't have that support. Right. And it was such a amazing thing to hear the stories of the people that, um, that accessed this assistance. And it's just so powerful how something so simple can make people feel so involved and valued and a part of something because I feel like there's right. such a disconnect at times. It is. So when we did the program last year, our market initially didn't get funding. So it's funded from the government. It's provincial dollars right now. So each market got a certain amount. So we weren't originally on the receiving end of that. So what happened last year was that one of the organizations, one of the markets um, down the social shore couldn't use all of their funding. So I've been very vocal about we should have been included on that. And so they offered us the money, which was fantastic. So we partnered with, we kind of came to the the party late, so we had to kind of act really quick. So we partnered with the Boys and Girls Club down in Whitney Pier. So what happened was each family got $35 worth of coupons. There's no stigma attached to them. They look identical to our gift certificates, and they're handed out to the families. And we saw such an increase in the kids coming here. And it's to break down the stigma, too, because this market is for everybody. It's not just for people that, yeah, totally. you know, that earn $100,000 exactly. a year. Yeah. yeah. It's, we want, this is a true community market and we want everybody to be part of it. So they came in and then we started seeing the kids coming in that the, the club brought them down, you know, a few times and the kids came around and bought stuff and they had an absolute ball. And then you saw them bring their parents. So this is another thing where we have to start with that generation because that generation is what's going to change things. They're going to teach their parents. They're going to teach their grandparents about recycling, about eating local, about, you know, the new ways that we can regenerate our economy. So that's where yeah. we have to start. Yeah. All these things like food waste and food scarcity. Exactly. And all these topics. That... You know, kids will call you to task on oh, yeah. something about recycling or, you know, we've had or... vendors being called out by kids saying, you know, is that a recycle? Is that a compostable <laughs> cup? Yeah. You know, and they're serious. Yeah. I love it. And so, they're so impressionable. And this is like, this is what we need to be like your 15 year old son. They oh my gosh. I, I, I swear our two year old is an alien, but yeah. she just like downloads everything. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't end up being a brain surgeon, I don't know what she's going to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just a really proud dad, but, uh, <laughs> You know what, let's hit pause quickly, go to reset the cameras and come right back. I want to hear more about your vendors. We're going to highlight a few of them if we can. And then I have for Pauline uh, a bit of a task to finish a sentence that I've asked every guest on the podcast here in Cape Breton to finish for me. I know she'll do great. Okay. We'll be right back. Perfect. Thanks. Oh, a little weird little throat thing there. Okay, guys, we are back, and uh, I admittedly was getting super parched, so I asked Pauline if I could grab some kombucha from the fridge. So a quick shout-out to Pebble and Fern Market Garden and their blueberry ginger. They're naturally sparkling fermented tea. It's really good. <laughs> Tastes delicious. There's a lot of blueberries in there, but it's really nice. So thank you guys for making this awesome product. Um, so, yeah, let's let's change speeds a bit. 
we've basically solved all the world's problems already. Pretty much, yeah. So don't worry about a world, we got you. Uh, Brad and Pauline are here to save the world. We're on the case. Yeah. Um, I'm just super intrigued to hear more about the actual market. And because our listeners are from all over the world, mm-hmm. um, paint a picture for me and the listeners when things are quote unquote normal. If we were to close our eyes, like walk us through the market, what are we seeing? What are we smelling? What are we hearing? Like what's going on when it's busy? So when we're up and running, we open on Saturdays from 8.30 until 2 o'clock. And we can get anywhere from 800 to 15, 1,600 people through the door every day. Uh, our opening day, we saw 24, just under 2,400 people through the door. What's the population in Sydney? Ballpark. Ballpark? Uh, CBRM, so I think okay. we're probably just under 100,000. Okay. But that includes like... Yeah, stretching out. Yeah, stretching out. So we're getting a good portion of the population. We're getting a good portion. Yeah. Like that first day we opened, we weren't sure what to expect because a lot of people weren't jazzed about us moving downtown because we were losing some parking. And But the first day, I mean, we closed the door and it was like, like okay, we did something right. It was like running a service at a restaurant. We just got slammed. Yeah, you got slammed. And we had been closed for three months prior to reopening because, of course, we ran into some construction problems, delays, and we did a lot of this work ourselves to save on costs. So we, we ended up paying rent on two different spaces for about three months. And we were like, okay, we just can't maintain this. So we closed down for three months. We thought, you know, it only takes a few weeks for people to get into a new habit and going to a new venue. So when people came back, we were thrilled. So you come in, you come into our main lobby and you're greeted automatically by someone here. Now we do sell 50-50 tickets in the lobby oh, as nice. part of our fundraiser, yeah. but there's no pressure. Yeah, You know, you come in, you don't have to buy them. But if you don't want to win free money, what's your issue? I know, and support local. <laughs> and everybody in Cape Breton loves 50-50s. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's, I, and that's Chase, Chase, Chase the Ace. The ace. Yeah, yeah, that's, our, that's our thing up here. Look it up, guys, if yeah. you don't know Chase the Ace. We could save our whole uh, economy just by having you know, 50-50s <laughs> island-wide every week. Yeah. So we have our markets divided into two spaces. So this was the Smooth Herman's Cabaret. So anyone that's from Cape Breton that's moved away, that is in the age range of maybe 40 and up, would probably have been here. Smooth Herman's? Smooth Herman's, yeah. Cabaret. Yeah, it was the the nightclub in Sydney. So this is where you would hear Matt Minglewood. This is where you would hear all the up-and-coming bands from the area. So it closed down in 2010, and it sat empty. Oh. So we renovated it and we took it right back to the bare bones and, you know. Turned it into a market. Turned it into a market. So it, was a, it was a meat market before. It was a meat now. market before. Now you can still get meat, just a different kind. <laughs> That's too funny. And uh, so you can either go upstairs, which is our food area. So you would turn right. So that's right. where all of our prepared food vendors are. So when we built this place down here, one of the things we wanted to have um, is everyone have their own standalone booth that was able to meet or exceed the requirements for the Department of Environment for health safety. So that was really number one for us because mm-hmm. another thing with collaboration, if someone were to get sick on something here because of, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't just be I got sick from, you know, X, Y, Z. It would be I got sick at the farmer's market. Yeah. So now I have not just one business that's hurting. I've got like 60 of them. So that was a big thing for us. So we have all of our prepared food vendors upstairs, and you can get anything from breakfast to supper to fresh seafood, baked goods, coffee, tea, bratwurst, you name it, it's up there. We have quite a variety. 
and our eating area is up there. So we have people that will come. Um, you'll have the grandparents. They'll meet the kids. They'll meet the grandkids. Oh, and everybody comes here on a day. Oh, that's awesome. So our clientele is from newborns to people that are almost 100. One of our vendors here is 92. Let's give her him or her. That's I Norma. Yeah, Norma. I knew, I yeah. knew it was a woman. Yeah, so Only Norm- a woman would have the energy and the power and <laughs> exactly. the backbone and to do that. Exactly, and she still quilts and she still makes candles. So Norma Skinner, if you happen to Shout see this. Norma. Yeah. Keep doing it, girl. Yep. So Norma's been with us for a few years, and I think, yeah, she's she's quite the gal. That's awesome. So in our lower level is all of our um, artisans, our crafters, our farmers, um, um Egg producers. We gotcha. have Breton Brewing. They have a stall oh, okay. here. The local Shout out Breton. Yeah, Breton. And um, Jill uh, with her cidery down the North End, Island Folk Cider. So Jill was going to come with us as a vendor too. Okay. Of course, COVID shut everything down. So right. we're still hoping to have them come back in when we reopen back up so that people can do tastings because she's got great product down there. And it's all made with local Nova Scotia apples. That's awesome. Yeah, and she collaborates with other growers up here for specialty items like... Um, you know, with a honey infused, you know, rhubarb kind right. of thing, different flavors. Innovative. So yeah, very innovative. And it's all local. Love that. So, I mean, there's another prime example. Of is there is there anyone else that you feel you want to take this platform and, and highlight? We talked about Norma holding it down at 92, doing what she does. Anyone else you feel like you want to, obviously, obviously you want to say everyone. Yeah. So a few people I want to give a shout out to that really kind of put their back, heart and soul into this renovation uh, Paul Moore and his wife Margie and his son Ian, they're vendors here. They do jewelry and they really did a lot to make this place. I mean, Paul, you look at this store, this is Paul. Paul did this. Oh, wow. Um, this table that we're sitting at, this is reclaimed wood from the cabaret. So this was oh, all on cool. the walls. Um, and when we renovated, I knew I wanted to keep it. Yeah. So I did a lot of dumpster diving when we were yeah, <laughs> built in this place. Yeah. So this is the wooden walls that were in smooth hermans he's taken so them cool. and made them into different products that we sell as a fundraiser that whole back wall you see there is all oh smooth yeah, reclaimed. Wood. Yeah, yeah it's all reclaimed wood um we did a lot of reclaiming um one because it's environmentally friendly and two because we didn't have a lot of money so yeah. we had to and it's just like a nice way to pay a little it is. homage to good old smooth yeah. herman i mean a lot of people have you know most people will walk in here and they're like okay i remember this place there were stairs right, here right. i fell down here you know yeah. <laughs> Or I met my wife, I or I met drink. my husband, I dropped, the drink, I dropped there. the drink, yeah. Um, sorry, what was the name of the jewelry business? So it was C. Sand and Moore, so it was Paul and Margie Moore and their son Ian, so they've done a lot to, to help uh, get this place where it is, and Steve Smith from Bungalow Beans. Um, M- bungalow or bungalow? Bungalow, as Bee. in, yeah, bungalow. Okay. As in what you call your summer yes. cottages up here. Yeah. But they live on Bungalow Road, so that's where the name okay. came. Okay, Bungalow Beans, it's coffee, or is it It's beans? coffee, yeah. Okay. He roasts, uh, he imports green coffee beans. Nice. Roasts them here, and he does, uh, he also has a little camper, the Bungalow Beans Coffee oh, Camper. Oh, smart. Does he pull that up here? He does it to different events. He has his own oh, stall okay. here. Oh, got you. Yeah. Cool. So, shout out to them. If I'm missing anybody, I apologize. Well, there's probably a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, is there a way if our listeners and viewers want to have a peek under the tent of what goes on here is is there a website where you list all yeah, the vendors yeah we have a website uh cb farmers market awesome and uh just go on take a look at there our vendors are on it'll tell you who's here you know who's who's selling what and, perfect uh, yeah get on there educate yourselves people yeah exactly and so you know any given day people are walking through we have lots of kids here we do kids crafts activities on saturday Fun. 
we always still uh, bring in local musicians to play yeah. uh, from 10 until 12. So you'll, you know, a little I mean, bit of entertainment. Yeah. And I mean, they're, we have some really good musicians. Yeah. We're this, we're again with talking about the amount of talent in this province, man, music talent too, especially in Cape Breton. Oh yeah. Musical talent here is crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, and, you look uh, down the boardwalk, there's a, violin the size of texas down there so the it's fiddle. just like a sh uh, sorry a fiddle yeah fiddle. oh god i called it a violin <laughs> i'm gonna get burned on my way out of town uh, fiddle, the fiddle you're getting run out of here what is the, the same thing though isn't it i think so I think now, this is how you play it even though my name's singer i have no musical ability right. whatsoever so i think it's the same thing okay. but i'd have to ask uh, one yeah. of our don't tell don't tell, yeah. don't tell anyone don't tell anyone that i'm born here i am a blue noser and i said Violin. I said violin. Maybe I'm like I'm too. Violin. I've been like jaded by the sophisticated West Coast, uh, the big fiddle. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so the sentence that I have decided to challenge everyone with um, on this trip, and the reason I'm on this trip is because I genuinely want to learn. Mm -hmm. I want to learn what's been going on while I've been gone. I want to learn what's been going on. I want to learn what's happening, and I want to learn where it's going. So the question, sorry, the sentence I have for you, Pauline, to finish for me, if you would, is this. Cape Breton is blank. Cape Breton is just starting to hit its stride. Oh, I like that. In 2020. Yeah, in 2020. I think we're seeing a real shift in our community and I think we're seeing a real shift in the mindset of people that they know they're starting to see what the value is we have mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that we've never had before, um, cruise ships have always been the toted thing for the last number of years. There's none this year. And I don't know when that industry is going to rebound to the point where it was pre-COVID, if it will ever rebound. Right. Yeah. So I think... If you're not constantly shifting and changing your business plan or the way you do things or your mindset, then you're not going to go anywhere. Like you're just going to stay stagnant. So I think with this, what I hope is that we're hitting our stride and we're saying, you know what? We have a lot to offer and we have to stop selling ourselves short. We have a great um, local economy that can only grow from this. Like I really want people to put value on what they do. And I'm, I'm the biggest, you know, offender of that as well. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, I work for little or nothing, but right. you know, but it's because I want to see this succeed. It's, mm -hmm. you know, and everybody in here, you know, that's part of our farmer's market family. They all contribute so much. Like, I mean, we had to rely on different strengths of our vendors like we have you know who does graphic design here on the side who can do this mm -hmm. who can do that mm -hmm. and you know they'll just jump on board and everybody will chip in and i think if we get back to that kind of grassroots and that's where it's happening it's grassroots oh hell yeah it's not it's not like the big things yeah no no offense to government yeah. and big corporations those but, are big ships that take a while to turn around exactly but we can shift really quick and i think the more the small businesses work together and we can come up with stuff like we're trying to come up with ideas now to, to help all of us through mm -hmm. this. Like, you know, we got to all jump on board here, folks, and start promoting each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because th this is it for us for a few years. Yeah. Like there's no big 
No one's coming no to save us. No one's coming to save us. And that's what I've said from the beginning. I said, no one's coming to save us. We've got to save ourselves. Yeah. And let's stop. Like, again, let's stop complaining. Let's stop this soft talk. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know if I can. Or you know what? If you don't know you can, then you can't. No. It's like, are we doing it or are we not? Like let's I always go. say, like lead, follow or get out of the way. Because yeah. if you're not, if you're not jumping on board and going to help, don't sit there and complain and hold people back that are trying to yeah. facilitate change up here. Like just let them do their thing. We've tried, you know, X, Y, Z for so many yeah. years. It's not working. Yeah. Let's it's do something not different. working. Let's try something else. Like we don't have to do the same thing we've done for the last, you know, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. I've said that I've had a few meetings and I won't say with what bodies, but I said like, I'm, if you guys aren't going to do this, I'm going to put this industry on my back and I'm going to say, let's go. Yep. And I'll be that person. Exactly. I will drive myself into the ground because I'm, I'm that passionate about yep. it and I want it to succeed. Similar to what yep. you're saying. Now I want to get paid too. And I'm going to ask for, and I'm going to take what I deserve. Yep. And I'm not going to apologize about it, but I promise you, if you can get on my level, you're getting value. We're going, we're going somewhere, yeah, exactly. and we're going to be put on a map. And I know we can do that. And I'm excited by that. And it literally, like, gives me goosebumps just talking about it. And then it gives me goosebumps coming back to this, this province and just seeing, like, man, the, the passion and the talent and, and the, the potential that we and have the potential. Here. It's just like, guys, we got to look in the mirror. Yep. And just be like, man, like, uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Drake the rapper from Ontario, but in one of his songs, he says, uh, know your value, know your worth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that should almost be on our license plates just for a bit. Exactly. We'll, we'll put Canada's ocean playground back, but right now it's know our value, know our worth. Yep. And if I can, if you and I can be the canary in the mine shaft for these people, yep. I'll be, I'll do that. I'll do exactly. all challenges that as well. That's just it. And, and that's, it's all about challenging and pushing boundaries. Like, yeah. well, why, why aren't we doing this? Yeah. But, why aren't we doing why aren't we doing a podcast yeah. why are we looking at different ways to market us like yeah. like let's just think outside of the box like there's so I, I hear so many excuses of why we can't do stuff i'm like well no that's that's all fixable stuff yeah and just because you did something like 20 years ago and it was tanked yeah. like well you know what the environment's different yeah. now we have this we have shifted up here like businesses that are like just booming right now yeah probably wouldn't have 20 years ago right but, but it's different. It's different now. Yeah. Like you, you've got to keep evolving. And you know, I'm so tired up here of you know everybody trying to put. Anyway, I don't want to turn this into a big no, no, no. <laughs> platform yeah. government. But like, we got to stop putting all our eggs into one basket. Right. That is something that worked in the past. Yeah. That's not going to work anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm 50. I don't know how you. 38. 38. So like you, your generation is even different from what my generation was. Like you guys are so much more on. Like the technology, even my own kids, like I'm blown away oh my the God, stuff yeah. that they can do. Yeah. I'm like, it's crazy what kids, like 15 year old kids, can do. Yeah, they be able to come in here and do 10 times what I'm doing with this you stuff. You know, and I'm thinking, why aren't we channeling that stuff? Like, there's no reason why we can't have industry like that up here. You know, we don't need transportation. We don't. Right. They could be blowing the socks off something right up here, and yeah. same as in the mainland. Like, we've got to stop yeah. shipping all of our. Well, there's just there's fear of the unknown. There there's comfort in doing what we know, but. Uh, I just said this quote this morning uh, when I sat down with the team at Gaslight. I said, we were talking about the the importance of getting uncomfortable, the importance mm-hmm. of growth and how you need to stretch and it needs to be painful. And it's a Ralph Waldo's, Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. And it's, uh, people wish to be settled, but only so much as they're unsettled. Is there any hope for them? Mm-hmm. And that just, it's not tattooed on my body, but it probably should be because I believe in that so wholeheartedly. Like, if there's a phone call I don't want to make, guess what I do? I make it make right it. away. Yep. If my phone rings, I see it's someone I don't want to talk to. Guess what I do? I answer it right away. Over with. <laughs> if if I know my wife's going to be mad at me about having a certain conversation, guess what I do? Have that conversation. Like I chase that because I yep. know 
I know that when I go in, when I step into that, then there's just like so much potential, so much beauty. And then I grow so much. And that's why I want to encourage our industry, uh, our small businesses, our government to do as well. It's like, guys, like let's chase down a little bit. We've got to step outside of the comfort zone and get out of that box that we've been stuck in for so many years because it's not good enough anymore. Yeah. It's not good enough. I'm tired. I don't want to have to work three jobs to survive up here. No. And you shouldn't have to. No, exactly. I want, if my kids want to move away, great. But if they want to come back, I want them to have something to come back to. Right. Like not just, you know, come back and visit at Christmas and summertime. Like, I mean, you you can build something here. You can build something here and you can stay here. Yeah. And and why not? Why can't our our young people do that? Yeah. And I think to your point a little bit earlier, talking about uh, rebuilding this place out and making it look the way it does, which is beautiful, by the way. Oh, yeah. If you guys are on the audio version, uh, head over to YouTube as well. You can get a peek into what is the uh, now, which is the market because the market's closed with COVID, but this is their shop. So you have a bunch of, you know, smaller items in here and kombucha as well. Um, but what you've built and what you have is so much social capital. Mm-hmm. So I like to say like, shame on us if we don't use that social capital. Like that's exactly. valuable stuff, right? If you know it's these huge. people and we can all help each other, that's a lot more valuable than uh, spending some dollars. So And people want to help. People yeah. want to feel Especially involved. this industry. Exactly. And they want to feel valued. If you can say, listen, you know, I, I don't want to bug you. I know you're busy, but do you mind? It? And people are like, yeah, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd love to be I'd part of that. I'd love to be part of that. Yeah. And that's the same with here. I mean, I've asked, you know, long-time customers i'm like listen yeah. i just have to run out do you mind watching the 50 oh yeah great yeah. no problem i don't mind doing that you know like it, it makes them feel part of it and we want them to feel part of it this is yeah. community i think i think we all need to understand that uh, at least my understanding of like part of part of our makeup as humans no matter the race the creed sexuality nothing like the what drives us is serving others and contributing yes so find your way to contribute to serve others and contribute and it will fulfill you to no end. Um, and like for me, this is a, this what this podcast is for me. This, this podcast gives me so much. I'm going to leave here mm-hmm. and feel so high for the next hour on Good. this. It just serves me so much, but it also gives a great opportunity for our, my listeners to learn about you and what goes here in the Cape Breton farmer's market. It gives you a great opportunity to kind of tell your story. And I just, I just know that this is, this is value because it makes me feel so good, but I'm also serving and contributing. And I think we all need to take a, a look at our days, weeks, months, years, mm-hmm. quarters and say like, am I, am I contributing? Am I serving? Yeah. And how? And so, some people may not even know their own worth to contribute. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, you know, and it doesn't have to be a great big gesture. It could no. be something small, but I mean, at least do something like, yeah. you know, especially in your local community. Exactly. Find a way to give back. Um, there's something else I wanted to ask you that wasn't these questions, but these ones are important too. Uh, damn, it escapes me, which doesn't happen often. I'm not usually lost for words. I think because uh, I have you going in all different no, you're, directions. No, like I said, you're doing awesome. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. Um, that's all right. Uh, so the, the podcast is called the Half a Dozen Hospitality Podcast. I didn't forget what it was called. Um, so I have for you, Pauline, if you will, uh, help me with the last two questions. The first one is the Half a Dozen Have Twos. Stay with me here. Mm-hmm. I need from you one to six items. So you can give me one or you can go all the way to six if you want, or you can do two or three of things you experienced in your life that you feel like our listeners have to experience, whether it is a trip you've taken, a meal you've eaten, a book you've read, a piece of art you've stared at, a song you've listened to, um, a meditation you've done, a yoga class you've been to, whatever it is, one to six items that you feel like our listeners have Have to to do. do. 
I think you have to go to Inganish at some point in your life. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's one of the most beautiful places on earth, I think, for the raw scenery and just the unspoiled landscape. It's just as soon as you go over Smoky, it's just like you just kind of relax. You, you can't help it. And uh, that is another area that's going over a lot of growth in the next little while. Um, another thing you have to do. My brother lives in Australia. He's with the Australian Navy. He retired from the Canadian Navy, and he now lives in Australia in Perth with his wife and their son. And I went over in 2018 with my kids, my two kids and my mother, and it was probably one of the most amazing trips that first time my kids were ever on a plane. So we left Sydney and landed in Sydney, and uh, they were just amazed, and it was just stunning, just breathtaking, the, the scenery over there. Yeah, it's a special part of the world, especially when it comes to even like this industry, like the culinary scene over there, mm-hmm. the coffee scene over there. It's amazing. Yeah, just, I mean, the beaches, it was just, oh, stunning. Um, and I also think something that you need to experience once in your life, I think you have to experience some kind of hardship, whether it be financial. I think you have to have something that kind of brings you down to earth, Um and I don't mean to say that in a derogatory way, but I think if things come too easy to you, you don't value them. Yeah. So for that's sure. one thing that I think, and and I instill this in my kids too. Like, you know, they'll come up with things. Well, that's not fair. I'm like, well, that's that's, that's life. life. You better learn. Yeah. Who you, who told anyone this is easy or fair? Yeah. Like, you better learn this lesson now, or else you're going to be in for a shock when you get out on your own in yeah. your twenties, and yeah. this happens to you. Yeah. Like you need to build a tough skin. You get unsettled. You need to get unsettled and you need to have your world shaken up a little bit to, to say, you know what? Bad stuff can happen and it's not always going to go my way. And, and it isn't always bad. And it isn't always bad. Sometimes it can shake you up in a different way. Generally, it's always good because it ends up putting you where you're at. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. You don't know where life's going to take in. Sometimes you may think it's a door closing when actually it's another opportunity that's going to present itself. Yeah, like I always say like old roads don't get you to new destinations. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I th- and like you said, I think it's really pushing yourself outside of your boundaries, but those would be the things like that would be the key thing that I think would be that you really have to kind of shake things up in yeah. some sandpaper in our lives. Is yes. Good. Um, and Hey, you can find some sandpaper in Nova Scotia. There's, there's some <laughs> tough situations out here. You want to get uncomfortable? Yeah. Come out here in the winter. We'll mm-hmm. show you uncomfortable. Exactly. Um, the last one I have for you, Pauline is the same idea. Uh, but it's, it's the half a dozen haven't yet. So one to six items, things you've yet to do in your life that you want to do. Kind of a bucket list question, if you will. Okay. Um, so you can do one or you can go all the way to six. Uh, there's a few bucket list things that I have, and some of them pertain to this. Like one of the things I want to see happen in Cape Breton, um, from a business point of view, I want to see us get our own processing facility up here. Because one of the things that... Um, is harmful to our producers is that any meat that's grown uh, raised up here we have to ship it off island to get it processed and then it gets it's packaged so broken, eh? and shipped back so you again think of the process yeah. and what that adds to their cost and there's no reason why we can't have one up here right i so, get lots of things why so we local can't government, have them local government if you're listening and i know yep. you're listening come on guys because i'm going to come after you for this yeah she's Paul, pauline's <laughs> coming and guess what you're going to get real yep. uncomfortable <laughs> yeah uh, I'm coming. This is yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I don't, I want to see 
one of the things on my bucket list too is I want to see more collaboration up here because I'm tired of I'm tired of the status quo and the clicks and everybody kind of having a secret agenda. Right. I, I want people to put their cards on the table. I want you to say, listen, this is this who is, I am. This who is I what am. I do. This, this is, is what I yeah. this is what I want. Like I think we have so many problems up here locally because things aren't addressed up front. Yeah. You know, people are more likely to to value a decision, good or bad, mm-hmm. if you include them in that conversation. Like, listen, we know this is tough, tough, <laughs> crappy. <laughs> Try not to swear. Shitty's okay. You can say shitty, shitty. Yeah. yeah. We know this is shitty, but these are the reasons why we have to do it. And most times, people are like, "Oh, you know what? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I understand." But when you do stuff and just kind of jam it down people's throats and say, listen, we're doing this with no explanation, no right. lead no up. No education. No education. People get their backs up. And a lot of we have a lot of problems around that. And that's got to stop. You've got to come out and say, listen, here's the deal. This is what our goal is. Mm-hmm. This is what we need to achieve to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. But get a plan and explain it to people. Yeah. You know, involve people. Too many times decisions are made with the wrong people around the table. And that's got to stop. You're making decisions that affect people without including the people that are affected mm-hmm. into the into the conversation. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like you're you have the the right head on your sol- shoulders, and you sound. It sounds to me like you're the right person to be doing what you do and facilitating these conversations and facilitating this growth. And I'm excited to, you know, keep an eye on what goes on mm-hmm. here. And I'm excited as well to help out how I can, um, because as much as Cape Breton. I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel at times Cape Breton kind of identifies themselves as like their own thing, like not Nova Scotia. It's like, yeah, and I don't agree with that. I know yeah, no, I know there's lots of people that are on this bandwagon of separating from the mainland. No, that's I don't agree with that. Yeah, we're not all from Nova Scotia. We're Come all on. from Nova Scotia. And yeah, we have our own uniqueness up here oh God, because, yeah. Yeah. you know. It's unique. It's unique, yeah. we, you know, and we, we've got to own that. But I don't think fighting with Nova, the mainland is yeah. the way to go. We need to all band together. Yeah, come together. Um, so I know this is going to catch a lot of flack from people, but I, you know, the people that are for separation, I don't agree with that. I think you're going to get more from working together. Yeah, always. And, you know, get the people around the table that are affected the same way we are. I mean, we're not the only people in rural Nova Scotia that are hurting. Yeah. You know, there's lots of communities. Let's start working together with them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different ideas. And, and everybody brings something to the table, even if they don't think... They are? Yeah, everyone has something to offer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these are the con- kind of conversations that get things done. Like, someone will come up with something, and you're like, you know what, yeah, I never thought of that. That's a great mm-hmm. idea. And I think to, to that point as well, like we need to, as as leaders in our in our uh, communities, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what I'm calling you right now, um, and believe that you are, we need to make sure that we are providing uh, an open dialogue so people feel comfortable to come yes. to us and say, this may be a stupid idea, and then we say, like, there's no stupid ideas. Like, bring no, it to us, none. let us know. And yeah, I think everyone deserves to have a voice, especially in 2020. Um, yeah, exactly. And I mean, youth, seniors, like yeah. everybody has value to bring in. I yeah. mean, we've got to stop dismissing people mm-hmm. because of maybe... You a, know, B, or C. Yeah, A, B, or C. I yeah. mean, everybody has something to contribute. And that's this is why, like we're a cooperative. So, you know, if we didn't work together here, this wouldn't... No luck for No anything. luck. I yeah. mean, we would still be sitting in the old 
Smooth Hermans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the closed town building. And for any any capers that are living away, we're actually in the old coat check room. So Yeah, so actually, <laughs> Doug, your jacket is in here. You left it for 1982. It's still here. I've got it in the office. It's just in the office. Shows. Yeah. yeah, your keys are in there if you're still yeah. locked out of your place. Yeah, and some old smokes. <laughs> and, some old, and some old smokes. Yeah. Um, that's probably a good place to shut it down. Shut it down? Okay. Uh, I want to say... Thank you again so much for sharing your time with me and the listeners. Uh, it's been fun, and I think we could probably do another three hours. I think so, too. But you've got a shop to open yeah, up. Yeah, I have to open the store. Um, and I've got editing to do, and uh, i got some some sightseeing, so you want to go visit more of this beautiful part of the province. Uh, but I want to say again, thank you so much for your time, and I want to say I'm extremely excited, sincerely, to see what you do with your vision and what you do with your social capital. And if I can be of any assistance, uh, whether it's with the podcast or with my consulting work, please reach out anytime. I'd be more than happy to help however however I can. I really enjoyed this. This was great. You did awesome. Yeah. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in as you do week after week. Um, If people do want to reach out and find out more about the farmer's market, whether they're in the Atlantic bubble or outside or wherever they are, uh, how best they find out. They can reach us through our Facebook page um, or they can send an email through our um, web page as well. So if you just uh, Google Cape Breton Farmers Market and yep. uh, you can just click on either one and message us through there. Or if you want to old-fashioned call us, the number's there. there you, you can do that as well. There you go. <laughs> and I bet you Pauline probably answer the phone. Probably. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. As you do week after week, if it wasn't for you, this show wouldn't exist. That is Pauline. I am Brad. This is the Half a Dozen Hospitality Podcast. You guys know what to do until next time. Be good and do good. We did it. Well done. Thanks. You did awesome. awesome. You did so great. Thank you very much.